<laughs> Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Welcome to another episode oh. of Moralia Python Radio, and tonight we are talking black-headed pythons with Jason Hood. I hope we're having some technical Maybe. difficulties in the background here. He's trying to connect, uh, but uh, no worries. He says the microphone Thanks. is white. What is my, uh, what the? Well, that, it's always white. Is that right? Yeah, it's always white in mine. Okay, um, but. I'm just glad that we're back in the normal time, like at night, because I don't know about you, but it seemed like, because we did the last show at like 10 in the morning. Yeah, that was like weird, we have, right? It, it's like we haven't <laughs> been, it's like, it's, it's like it's been too long since we did the show. And I'm like, God, this is weird. I don't know why. Yeah. It was just that one little thing that just threw us off. So it's like having a three day weekend or something like that. It just messes you up for a little bit. So thank God we're back with the normal things. I don't know why I can't see him. Not yet. Um, but, uh, hold on. Well, we might want to give him the number just to have him call in. But, he gets bad reception, is why. <laughs> Go ahead, Owen. Tell yeah, us about the good. show that you were at this weekend. I vended the Oaks Reptile Show in Oaks, Pennsylvania, and I was two tables away from Port City Pythons. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, and I actually have um, stickers that are the Rogue Reptiles flag. And every time Joe left his table, I ran over there and put a sticker on something. So, um, by the end of the day, I think there were like three or four stickers on his like personal effects, as well as him, uh, throughout the entire show. So, uh, it was a fun day. You know, you got to keep yourself a little entertained while you're at the show. But other than that, it was a really, really, really good show. Uh, a lot of people came by to talk carpet pythons, Morelia. Uh, a lot of people who listened to the show uh, got to kind of do a bunch of stuff, got to take a look at a bunch of uh, animals there. Um, I got my Chinese uh, king rat snakes for finally. Um, and I was pretty much just playing with them behind the table all day. They are, a really cool, interesting little species. If you uh, are into colubrids or if you have a chance to check them out, they're uh, especially the ones I got are hypo. So they look like little miniature cobras, um, which is kind of just great. Cause then you don't have to worry about death or anything like that. Um, but I'll throw a picture of them up into the MPR chat. Once I find that thing, wherever the hell it is. Um, but other than that, it was a good show. It, it it took me a minute because I didn't realize it had been a while since I had done a show because I don't, I haven't done Hamburg in the longest time. And I skipped you guys uh, going out to Tinley with you guys. So yeah, it was weird. Like getting all my stuff out and being like, Oh, that's what's going <laughs> on. So Yeah. I'm also going to throw a picture of Joe with a rogue reptile sticker on his back. <laughs> <laughs> you got him, huh? <laughs> yeah, I did. It's And it's funny because um, I'm talking with him and I met, I met Joe's parents cause they swung by and I didn't realize, but his dad has been into reptiles and all that fun stuff. So 
you know, he was there trying to sell some ball pythons and stuff like that. So it was cool. But um, they, he's doing all the, uh, it's like, it's like looking 10 years in the past, like at some of my first couple shows and how I thought this was going to be cool and this was going to work. And man, that is aggravating and I should do this instead. So it's like all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was cool talking to him about that as well as, what they're doing, what animals they got, what they're planning on, and all this other stuff. It was a pretty crowded show, so um, which is weird because Oaks was always kind of dead when I did it before, and now it's kind of picked up. So that's cool. Yeah, Maybe I'll go there. <laughs> oh no, no, you're not like that. That's that's one of the other basic comments is like, "Where's Eric?" I'm like, "Eric doesn't do shows. <laughs> Eric, Eric is beyond this." But um. It was, like I said, it was a good show. It was good to get out there and uh, vend, and I got rid of some babies and picked up more babies, so I'm kind of dead even. Oh, dude, was doing my breeding scheme for this year, uh-huh. and, I, 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 and, I, and I decided that I was going to be like you, and I was going to lay out all the animals that I had and try to figure out which ones would fit with other ones, and in doing so, I've made a horrible discovery on just Uh-oh. how many are here again. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it was just like, Oh my God, dude, there are, uh, all of my breeding animals as well as animals that I've held back to breed. I am sitting pretty at 104 animals. 104. Okay. Not including babies for sale. Wow. I know. That's <laughs> not including not including babies for sale. It's about twenty something babies for sale. So, <sighs> so that's, uh, that's, that's pretty a number awesome. I never thought I'd get to. <laughs> so <laughs> but and I blame this show and you for most of that. Anyway. Um <laughs> But so, yeah, it was a good show. I think I think we have Jason figured out. I'm sorry, everybody. Cool. I'm sort of like uh, on the side here, typing and whatnot, trying to uh, to get stuff going because uh, yeah, we want to talk blackheads tonight. Yes, they they didn't notice I was stalling for time. It's blatantly yeah. obvious. <laughs> uh-huh. So real quick, dude. Yeah. I was telling you before the show. No. I didn't really get to tell you, <laughs> but I'm just gonna leave it at this. And yes. two weeks away. From going yeah. to Australia, <laughs> how pumped am I? It's going to be friggin' awesome. I cannot are wait. You, are you oh packing? God, like, man. are you trying to figure out the shit you might need? Because like, Zach is in Uganda right now. Zach? Yes, yeah, he's in Uganda, yeah. and he he laid out all the crap he's taking to Uganda on like his bed to like show you what he's packing. And I mean, like, all I can think about is what the hell is Eric bringing to Australia? Like, I mean. Dude, I don't know. Are, are you prepared? Like, you know, yeah, are you we're just going to snake boots because you nah. told me where you're staying is death at her land. I mean, you know, <laughs> nah, our... nah, we're not, <laughs> we're not sweating that man. We got to fit in with the Australians, man. They don't worry about that. All right. Um, when, when you're, when you're bit on the ankle by a death adder, I want Rob to call me and be like, you were right. And then just hang up. That's all. I so want. we had. We had to get Phil and Owen to come with us. Um, that would be Crystal Lemmy. <laughs> Wait a minute. Chris, no. 
No, I <laughs> Owen. So we're no, going to tell we're going to tell title. everybody that Chris is Owen. No. No. <laughs> this is Owen. This, this is Rob. Is my worst <laughs> See, he really is taller than me. <laughs> this is so horrible. Uh, no, because he's going to say things about Bigfoot. Now I'm going to have half of Australia is going to believe it. Oh, God. Damn. Yeah, it's so true. Oh, I don't think they're called Bigfoot in Australia. They're called. Uh, you mean Yowie? Australia's not. I, who gives a damn? They're all not. Yowie? Real. I think it's called Yowie. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're called Yowies. I oh, mean, no. is it? Wouldn't that it, be some uh, shit if we traveled all the way to Australia and then found Bigfoot? <laughs> no, I, I again, worst I'll be like, possible dude, scenario we, for me. Worst, worst we, possible. We scenario. found him. Yeah. Uh, no, no, all of that is bad. Everything is bad. Right. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm super excited about that. So yeah, it's two weeks away. I can't I can't wait, man. Can't wait. It's going to be a lot of freaking travel, but dude, it's going to be totally freaking worth it. So yeah, yeah, man, that's, I'm not, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, all I want to see is a carpet python, <laughs> but <laughs> that's it, and a blackhead, which is why we're talking blackhead. Which is why we're talking um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if people. I mean, if you are into blackheads, then you should know who Jason Hood is. I mean, he just like knocked it out of the freaking park this past season with blackheads. I think he has them dialed in like he's breeding nice. corn snakes or something. Um, <laughs> Jason came on the show a long time ago, uh, but since then he seems to have this dialed in. So, you know, um, I didn't get a chance to like uh, going around at Tinley Park. Um, went to the table a couple times and, you know, he was talking to customers and stuff and I didn't want to jump in and, you know, Hey, you want to go on the show? You know, <laughs> like well, get away from me, you little, <laughs> you know, it should, it but, should uh, always be that way. Yeah. <laughs> dude, when I went by his table, just, mm. just drooling at the blackheads that he has. So they are, you know, such tonight, pretty animals. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, man. So we're going to talk about, uh, you know, what he's learned in the past couple of years. And of course, I'm sure, Owen, you want to talk about his colubrids. <laughs> yeah. He, has. <laughs> he yeah. has some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. It's some wild. Again, I don't, I don't know. I know he has Spilotes. I know that, Ooh. but I don't know of, uh, you know, some of the other wild stuff that he has, but uh, yeah, let's, you're good. Let's yeah, get him on. Is. Let's yeah. get through yeah. it. Okay. All right. Hey, Jason, welcome back to NPR. How you doing, man? Good, guys. I hope this doesn't sound crappy now. No, you're good. Yeah, you sound okay. All right, cool. <laughs> I all was right, trying cool. to get all set up so I could test this before we got on, but uh, everything is the hell on me. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. <laughs> so, <laughs> we kinda, it's, it's numerous times this has happened to us, so. Yeah, it seems like whenever we're excited about a show, you know, Blog Talk just sticks it right up. I was like, there you go. <laughs> Something doesn't work. A link doesn't work. Uh, who knows? But anyway, we got you now. So we're going to talk some blackheads. Man, I mean, you, you just killed it this past season. So, like, I just have to start with, like, do you, do you have them, like, you finally figured, dialed them in? Or, like, what's, what's going on? I just have more more females available to breed this year. Uh, that's like the, one of the biggest misconceptions to me is that blackheads are difficult. I mm. think just getting babies you raise up on your own that you know where they're at and where they're from is a big part of it. And then 
I think the third part is that people are really terrible at incubation and don't realize that they're. I got 100% incubation on two clutches. I'm not saying it's like, hey, I'm cool, just because I didn't screw anything up. Right. Like a lot of people, you, right. You, you get away with it like hog nose breeders are kind of. Like, look how cool this is. It's like you're drowning the baby and surviving in spite of you. And I think we got right. that a lot with a, a lot of other species. And blackheads just don't let you screw up. So I don't think they're difficult. They just don't. Gotcha. So is there, I mean, you know, one of the misconceptions about as far as blackheads, I know Owen is always saying this about how, you know, the female will eat the male. Have you run into anything like that? I mean, or is that just misconceptions? Uh-oh. 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 Yeah. I think we lost them. You're fading in and out here. Hmm. Yeah, we kind of lost them. Hello? Matt. Yeah, we got you. Yeah. Okay. We got you. You're you're in and out. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. That's no worries. Right. I to do it online a dozen times here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the problems is people try to uh, – no, I'm sorry. I, I lost track. I was trying to get my signal back here. Um, oh, I, I put my animals together in December, and I don't separate them until March, unless the female's about to lay eggs. I, I've never had a problem with a female being interested in a male and they're not eating them. Hmm. Where do you think that started? The like, I, I guess it maybe it happened once or twice, and then everybody got kind of freaked out about it. Not many, I mean, a lot of snakes that will eat other snakes will ignore their own species during breeding season. Right. Um, You throw them together outside of breeding season, maybe you have an issue. But, I mean, even king snakes that are really notorious for wanting to eat every other snake won't, won't do that to their own mates. But when eggs pop out or something else, and, yeah, you got problems at that point. I had right. one baby eat a clutch mate that was deformed coming out of the egg, and I saw it was deformed in the morning, and I came home in the evening, and the clutch mate had eaten it. Huh. And oh, wow. One <laughs> other time no where time. I had a... <laughs> no, I mean, they won't eat for... Uh-oh. I think we lost you again. This is no good. I know. Can hear you. you guys hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have no signal at my house. That's why I was trying to do this online. Yeah. Uh, am I gone again? Yeah. No, you're here. No, I we can hear. got you. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah. 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 I just got to stand on one foot in the right spot. In my room here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His, his, I can see his foil. hands like pointed up yeah. at the sky. You know what I mean? Like, don't move. <laughs> yeah, uh, God. Uh, Cool. So you were saying that a baby ate another baby that was deformed? Yeah, I had a baby that was in the egg box. That was deformed. I had that one get eaten. And I had uh, a couple years ago when I tried to start altering how I'm keeping the babies to get the babies to feed quicker, Mm -hmm. uh, one of my females that I put into a, uh, what are those, a 28-inch wide vision 
Uh, okay. I went out there to check to see if who had eaten, and uh, the one female that had just come right out and taken a fuzzy for me, like, right away, she popped up again, and I saw her, so I had aspen bedding in there. And I went checking for the other ones, and I could only find one of the, the three I put in the cage. I thought, oh, crap, I had a, an escape. Mm-hmm. And I came back again, and she went ahead and looked like she ate two other clutch mates. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. She's huge now, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three wow. snakes in one, yeah. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. She's expensive, but she's huge. I can't oh, ever wow. sell her. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so what yeah. about the? I mean, as far as well, there's so many, so many ways we can go with that. But I'm just thinking, like, do you do anything to alter the diet of these guys, or are you just going rodents? I mean, just throughout their whole no, get, cycle of life. I got them purely on rodents. I got them. I take. I feed them large rats. I mean, there's. I'm not doing anything special or secret or anything crazy or different. I just keep them. And breed them. Not to sound overly simplistic about it, but they're snakes. Um, I don't yeah, want right. to get them obese, but I I feed them. I keep them in six foot vision so they have room to crawl around, and they got good heat so they're not they're not sitting on rodents and not digesting them properly. Mm-hmm. They process their food and they don't get obese. And the so females you... are kicking out ten to twelve eggs a clutch, so I, I can't be doing that much wrong. No. So what about as far yeah. as um you know you were saying about uh heat I mean are you are you doing what uh uh God I'm losing my train of thought uh radiant heat hmm. panels something like that <laughs> Or are you doing uh, nothing special at all man I'm, I got a, a damn <laughs> heat light on them <laughs> oh, Heat really? light stick- You know yeah, I've been thinking about that. I do that with my diamonds, and they seem to love that. I think that's something that uh, people have gotten away from, and I get it. But I don't know, man. I think sometimes there's something to that. You know, man, I don't know the, what you guys the, think. The bulbs were going out. Mm-hmm. I went out and bought like six cases of bulbs <laughs> like, <laughs> six seven years ago. Right. <laughs> they they dropped down to like three bucks a case. I mean, you couldn't go wrong with it. They're not going right. to expire, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. I pulled a shopping cart full. That's the only reason I quit. The, the shopping cart was full. And I was like, okay, <laughs> <enough life." laughs> That's kind of like when you're buying tubs at a at a department store, you know? You have like... You look like that weird guy, yeah. 50, when you're 60 your tubs in your cart. Yeah. You're like, what? What are these I have for? a lot of oh, storage yeah. needs. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I have a lot of shoes. Yeah, thank you, sir. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, we were just looking like right. a hippie environment or something. This guy wants something to <laughs> bold. <laughs> nice. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, nothing special, too. I mean, do you, do you do, like, are you feeding throughout the breeding season, or do you not feed at all? Do you cycle feed or anything like that? Or, like, how do you work out feeding I, yeah, with these guys? I, I take them all feed, uh this is, except for a couple of them that I, I just got in that are thin, pretty much everybody's going off feed right now. And they're uh-huh. not going to feed again until, like, February or so. Mm-hmm. And I try to let them get cool, which is a lot more difficult now to them in Florida. But right. even when I cool them, I give them heat during the day. Florida boy, and I stuck an inky, but, um roommate and stuff. 
Uh-huh. And I killed rat snakes trying to bring them. I'm not. I'm not trying to bring me to anything else at the point in my life. <laughs> I mean, I know with some of the guys that we uh, talk to in Texas, they have to do air conditioning and heating in their snake rooms. Do you kind of have to do that as well, or are you just rocking it out with the Florida weather and seems to be working out for them? Yeah, I wait for that cold front to come in, and I, that's when I usually throw them together for the first time was that first cold front rolling through, which mm-hmm. that can be like the end of February some years down here. But usually we get at least a cold or cooler day. But this this uh, week coming up, we're going to get some 30s and 40s, so everybody's getting thrown together this week. Okay. I had to drag my tegus inside and throw the blackheads together. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, I mean, at this point, what kind of collection are you working with? Like, how many adult females do you have? Um, I just bought in two more uh, as projects, and then I have an additional. I got a count in my head here. I'm sorry. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, seven additional females. I think I have nine additional, uh, nine total females. And that's, I can't actually even breed all in one season at this point because I can only the, – the, the real thing that screws you with blackheads is the babies. They don't want to feed. I've gotten that tuned down a little bit better. I got almost everything feeding already this year instead of going all the way to, like, March or April trying to get them to our own. But mm-hmm. I really don't think I can handle more than 50 babies in a season just because it's going to be a bitch to get them all going. Yeah. So I got to – pick and choose out of the nine females because they're all picking me about 10 eggs deep. So I can only go with five or six attempts at breeding and hope I don't nobody goes or something. But gotcha. the stuff I bred this year, I, I have to do again. And it's, I, I was, I was and I've been producing these for nine years and they're just the, I mean, it sounds like sales, Yes, but they were just absolutely phenomenal this year. And yeah, they were, man. I, I was pickled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I walked by your table... At... No, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I said, previous to this year, I, I produced one male in 2012, I think. That was like my... Here's Here's an amazing male my animal I threw out on the table all the time just to show somebody, hey, here's, I got really good bloodlines, I promise I'll produce something like this again some year. Mm-hmm. And then 2016, I got four animals of that, like, perfect 10 quality. This year, I got, like, 19. That's awesome. Like, everything that hatched was just amazing. And then the, what, the, the garbage of this year were still, like, sixes and sevens. I didn't have any of those really dogs that just kind right. of get thrown in once in a while, and you're like... Well, hey, yeah, I'll give you a deal on this one, buddy. Please. <laughs> Here's a blackhead, and it's a blackhead. You know, yeah, right. I got you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, every year I've had those. I mean, I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. It's, it's just they're they're kind of polygenic and that they're not all consistent in the clutch. I mean, issue, they weren't consistent, but they're just bunch were just amazing in their own ways, whether they were kind of the patterns were connected or not. They were still super clean between where the black was down the back. And that's kind of like a thing I look for in a, in a blackhead is whether or not they've got a, a kind of dirty wash between the saddles mm-hmm. and two clutches of, you know, 22 babies and out of those 19 of them, no dirty wash at all. 
I was just amazed. I'm thrilled to death with him. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, so so I'm curious, like, how many different bloodlines are there of blackheads in the States? I mean, is it? I'm not going to pretend to know, man. I, I've got my <laughs> swift line. I got uh, a female from Mark Price, and then I got um, some animals from Europe. And, okay. Uh, another Mark Price that came from how well those are connected, I, I'm not going to pretend to know that, man. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know. I'm not even sure who pulled this lockdown of the Australian stuff. Will Oliver be allowed to defend this alley country again because Arnold was legally and exported from Australia. I guess the catch right now is if there's not legal paperwork for it at some point, not let me ship it between countries right now. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that the is that the basic rule right now? Is that they can't even nothing can even leave the United States without proper paperwork? I, apparently, um, a buddy of mine does a bunch of geckos, and he was he's mm. just livid because he's finally got his year where he's kicking out a ton of those cool Australian geckos, where he can export them. And from what he's hearing, the exports being shut down because there's not legal paperwork of them ever leaving the country. Oh. So I was just what I was hearing from him and from other people as well, that basically if it's not bearded dragons and a couple other species that there's paperwork on, the U S fish and wildlife isn't letting it cross the border in either direction. Oh, wow. Cause I but guess they're for everybody. It is. And I guess their impression is that it must've been smuggled at one point And this is all offspring of illegal animals or some crap. So, yeah. yeah. Weird. Yeah, whatever you want to call that. But, well, uh, well, I guess it's good that you're not trying to breed every single blackhead you, like, own, because that might, you might be kind of stuck with a bunch of babies. Well, I've never been able to export these anywhere, but you need to study these paperwork. uh, Oh, right. I've been accused of breeding everything I own all the time. I don't know. People tell me I'm, I'm, I'm killing the market. I produce 30 babies. If 30 babies kill the market, there's not a market. Thank you. you. Know? <laughs> and no, no, it, it, I, I really doubt that's happening. I mean, speaking of the blackhead market, I mean, when I was getting started, it was just pretty much blackheads. And now looking out at there are morphs and stuff everywhere. I mean, are you kind of start getting into that stuff, or are you just kind of happy plugging along with your blackheads that you got? I'm trying. I got some animals. That's what I picked up this year is some morphs. I'm just hoping that they actually pan out and I didn't get screwed, but we'll see in yeah. a few months. You know, is what it is. Um, I, I'm producing animals I'm absolutely thrilled with, so if I produce some morphs on top of that, great. My yeah. problem is I'm also kind of shooting myself in the foot because I had a couple of different lines. I wanted to try a, a line and looks they had. But I don't know if you guys ever looked at uh, Hey Brother stuff. Yeah. Something called the Ocelot line that they had. That was just this crazy looking weird pattern with these eye marks down the side of them. And, yeah. Uh, I have some of that, but not nowhere near that extreme. Like in the basement of that project of building towards that. <laughs> but uh, I got to figure out yeah. when I can squeeze those into breeding. 
Yeah, I'm on your page now, and I'm, I I think I see what you're talking about. It sort of looks like an alien head with a side. Instead of two eyes, it's got one eye down towards the like the bottom of the saddle. That, I think that's what you yeah, There's stuff they bred back and forth into everything. Like they, they just really line bred the hell out of their stuff, and they just got amazing-looking stuff by doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they, they had just the... The little marks on the side can sometimes form into circles, and they mm-hmm. read something that spin out circles down the entire body, and then weird uh, the spinal pattern was also kind of mutated in a weird way. Um, so it was just kind of like it, the same reason I started changing my caging. I just looked at their stuff and kind of got some ideas because that's really all any of us do is just kind of look around. But mm-hmm. with the babies, uh, I figured out that um, babies don't actually have to go into baby racks. Wild idea. <laughs> We're also, like, robotically programmed that it's a baby, so it goes in a baby rack, but I'm putting a baby corn snake in a six-quart tub, and I'm putting a baby blackhead in a six-quart tub, and it doesn't make any sense at all, but it's a baby rack, so that's where right. babies go. Right. And a couple of years so- ago, I got those uh, the V28 short racks from uh, Sea Serpents, and yeah. those... They're, you know, four times more floor plan on them. And my blackhead started feeding a lot faster. Hmm. I don't know if that's why or not, but it's been working. So I don't. Yeah. Why not? That's that's awesome way to think of it outside the box there. I mean, um, what is the, what is the thing that keep hearing about with blackheads? The, the hard belly or something like that. Is that something the babies get or am I kind of, Thinking of something else. Well, the onesies, twosies, uh, uh, I've seen that with some other guys that have them. Mm. Uh, they talked about it. I've never had that problem with my animals. Um, and that might be an incubation error right. somewhere along the way. Right. I mean, who knows what exactly is causing that, but I've never seen that. No, the babies just don't want to eat unless it's their, their siblings. They don't they don't eat anything <laughs> for months. I, well, I, I mean, think part of them. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, like, it, are they in the wild? I assume they're starting on skinks, other baby snakes, and stuff like that. So, is that maybe you kind of got to get them away from that? You would think that. But, like I said, I got yeah. a buddy that breeds geckos. I've tried a few different types of Australian geckos that people would crap their pants if they saw me trying to feed them off. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're screwed up, and here you go. I've tried bearded dragons. I've tried blue tongue skink sheds, layered over pinkies, skink tail itself, carpet pythons, wolmos, corn snakes. Because everything eats corn snakes. Yeah, None of that yeah thank you. Really? Yeah. So huh. then I just started. Interesting. I'm I'm thrilled to share with people because I think the the idea that these things are difficult kills the market. That's what kills the market, not production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I hope everybody produces with these things. So I'm happy to share anything and everything that I'm doing because maybe it'll work for somebody else too. But uh, I thought they old quail, mm. you can use their beak to open their mouth, shove the head of the quail down their mouth and close the mouth around it. And they, one out of six times they swallow it and you just keep trying <laughs> that. And one time they go, and once they go, you, you, you try to give them some fuzzies behind it and they take off. So it, it's work, and you got to do it, but it is what it Worth is. Worth it. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, and, 
Go ahead. It, the, the quail just, it, if you, anybody who's doing it, or anybody who's get stuck with difficult feeders that you, if you have to try to like assist feed them, the quail mm-hmm. beak is like the single greatest tool for reptile keepers ever. Because it just, <laughs> you, you don't have that extra thing you need in your hand to open their mouth. It's right there right. on the feeder you're trying to use. Just pry it open. That's an amazing, amazing thing. <laughs> that is genius, though. I that is great. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and I mean, like, once you get these things rolling, I, I mean, obviously, your juveniles, your juvenile blackheads, I imagine, are the garbage disposals that we all assume they're going to be after a bit, right? Yeah. All right. No, it, it, so my normal feeding re- regime is I, I, first thing I do is take all the baby stuff and go try to feed it first. So right. you know, just mm-hmm. to try to eliminate cross-contamination with any other animals, babies go first. Blackheads go absolutely first. They get a fuzzy mouse, a, a hopper mouse, a quail chick, a rat pink, and sometimes a rat hopper. All that goes mm-hmm. in the enclosure. I close the enclosure up, do the rest of my day. Go through, feed all the rest of the collection, inside, outside, tegus, everything else. Come back in six, seven, eight hours later and check to see who's eating. Okay. Sometimes... They'll eat absolutely everything, and they never oh, wow. stop feeding from that point forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. they look like little stuffed sausages. They've eaten everything in the cage, and <laughs> life is great. Most of the time, no. Most of the time, it's my little nightmare of trying to pry their mouth open with the beak of a quail and shove the head down their throat. And then once I do that, I drop them into an empty bin out on the floor, and just watch them. If they swallow it, I, I present uh, a fuzzy on tongs because they'll do that, that air chew thing they do sometimes. If right. they do that after they swallow the quail, I'll, I'll present the fuzzy, and they'll frequently strike and eat it. If they do that, I'll, do, I'll pound three or four or five fuzzies down their throat, letting them eat them all, of course, but they'll, I'll let them take them all. And once they, if they do that, they're good to go from that point forward. Once they have that, that, that big massive acceptance of a meal, you're golden. But it, it, sometimes that takes months, and that's that's what the why are they so pricey? Because nobody wants to deal with that. That's the real headache. And if people are willing to do it, then get on board. If not, then you're going to either be wholesaling them all out to somebody where they're all going to end up dying, or you're you're going to do the, the right thing and try to get them feeding. Yeah. Yeah, and it's weird that but, you oh, said that. that, that... Other... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was actually forgetting to mention this. I'm looking at my incubator right now, and I've got this ridiculously old incubator that's older than I am, quite literally, that someone handed to me years ago. <laughs> but um, I've got it on a Herp stack. Right. Uh-huh. I was talking to somebody about this at, at Tinley, and they said, what do you incubate at? It's at 87.7 with a 1.7 degree night drop. I said, Why would you do a night drop? My question is, do any of you guys do a night drop on your incubator? No, I never thought of it, but now that you say it, it kind of would make sense that it would drop because in the wild it would drop, right? I guess. Yeah. But, with, but the female would be sort of keeping that steady temperature, I guess would be the thought. I don't know. What, yeah, but what, nighttime would be kind of a, her trying to push a boulder uphill. I mean, I can only imagine that if it gets real cold, she's going to be trying, so she can't get as high as she could. So I imagine there would be some temperature variation. Yeah. But I never thought yeah, about but... a knife drop with the eggs. No. Okay. I'm and intrigued. Simple, and the simple thing when you do that, in the egg box, when the, when the heat kicks back on, just like when the sun comes up in the morning, the humidity kind of circulates through the box again. 
Oh. So I don't do any air holes. I do that night drop, and then that everyday circulation of, of moisture, I'm I'm wiping off the egg box, every, you know, pretty much every other day to get moisture out of there because there's so much moisture in there. And I'll, I use a regular deli cup. I do two or three scoops of dried perlite and a quarter to half of that uh, deli cup of water, and that's all I use for incubation. And I never have them dry out. Uh-huh. And other people I talk to are using two and three times that much water. Yeah. And they're drying out because they have air holes and they're doing this and they're doing that. And I think that everybody complicates themselves. So, I mean, when it comes to incubation, I don't think people are really as good as they think they are. They just they have success. They think they're good. But then when something fails, it must have been a bad egg. And they don't really try to figure out why it failed. I'm always trying to figure it out. So Right. That huh. one of those, and actually, I started doing the night drop just because one of my friends was a, a nut job, and he, he mentioned it for something, and I didn't care that much about the eggs I was incubating. It wasn't like it was a blackhead. It was something I was just like, all right, well, I'll try it. Why not? Because he presented yeah, right. kind of the same argument, and I'm like, how much can a you know degree and a half really matter? And I'll tell you, it matters not at all because I, I get them hatching at the same time every year. You know, they don't go longer than 60 days. They go 60 days. So it doesn't even extend the time, which was the other consideration I had. Am I, am I going to go longer? Right. That, that's never been the case either. So just something I want to throw out there because it's, I, I've been talking about it with people, and I keep getting weird looks when I say I do a night drop, and I just thought, go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. out there, see what other people think. Well, yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're, the only reason you're not getting a weird look right now is this is radio. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is um, because I, I was – no, but that's great, though. But this is this is shit I like to hear about, and I like to try to pick apart and understand because I failed miserably with Woma eggs this year. And if you're telling me that maybe a little bit of a night drop might give me a better shot for Womas this year, and I've already seen them locked up, I, I, I should probably consider this. So yeah, that's this is good. Well, so. isn't Colubrid egg? Most people take colubrids and put on a shelf, and we get fluctuation all over the place. Yeah. Or, are colubrids that much tougher than than python? Are python eggs tougher than we give them credit for? But we kind of weenieize them and, and don't let them fluctuate at all, and then we have problems with the babies. Well, you know? um, I yeah put I put a clutch of carpet python eggs in my incubator, and they were a late clutch, and I forgot that I had totally unplugged the incubator. So the incubator was was in my snake room at the time, so it had an ambient temperature of about 82 degrees inside that thing. And I didn't realize until we hit day 60 and nothing happened. So I think they hatched at like day 82, and they all came out. They were small, <laughs> um, and they were pretty weak and some of them one of them had a spinal deformity but eventually everybody started eating and uh probably the worst clutch i've ever had to get started but yeah they'll 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 go <laughs> so there you go so Have you found the low end for incubation on carbons of 82 i did yes by accident <laughs> <laughs> i accidentally did something good yes <laughs> so yeah the top um, end's like, what, 90, 92, when some guys decide they're going to cook them and get them hatched out in 45 days or something. <laughs> 45 right. days, of, you know, yeah, burn them out. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but, so. 
So what about, I mean, we were talking about drying out, but what about the idea that isn't it usually thought that uh, you can't get the blackhead and walnut pythons eggs wet? Yeah. I mean, how do you combat okay. that? Here's my thinking out of the box there. I cut my eggs. I don't know about you guys, but if an egg goes bad, I'm cutting that thing open and figuring out what's going on inside that egg just to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I highly recommend everybody does that because you can see, I'll tell you that blackhead eggs, when they're dropped out of the female, there's a little tiny embryo already formed. Mm-hmm. But when I have my egg get that wet look or a drop of water magically hit them, and I'm doing air quotes in my in my snake room by myself here, but um, the magical water droplet is also right where the baby happens to be, and <laughs> it expands out from the, the embryo out towards the air pocket. Mm-hmm. Is it really that they got wet or that this egg failed and it finally started collapsing and the moisture inside the egg moistened the outside of the egg? Which I think is more ah. what we're seeing. If you look at the eggs when they die, that's what you, if you cut them open and, and you get that tiny little embryo that's the same thing as what you would have seen on day one and you're on day 25, that is right. dead the whole time. Because you were doing something right to keep it looking good for that long. But usually it's in the first two weeks that they, they just look at but almost always it's barely any development from that initial embryo that just popped out when they're when they're first laid. Right. I, I think a lot of those eggs that are going bad are just eggs that are, went bad from when they're being laid, whether they weren't something was wrong with the, the egg itself, which would be great. Right. That means there's something we can fix. There's there's some nutritional lapse that's happening that, that the eggs aren't permeable or they're too permeable or something's going on that they're dying mm-hmm. or was it the female squeezing them out too hard or was it something else but I think there are a lot of those eggs are just dead coming out the female for whatever reason or within the first 24 hours and I, I say that because I think that's an important thing if, if you're trying to fix your incubation technique and all your eggs died in that first 24 hours it's probably not your incubation technique so you're screwing right. with something that's probably not broke and, and pulling your own hair out because you can't figure out why these things didn't make it whenever they – it wouldn't nothing to do with you. Yeah. You know, if yeah, that makes sense. If you've got a more developed baby, then, then it's a different story. Yeah, because it seems like I was always confused by that because if you look at the guys in Australia that are, you know, producing blackheads, they don't seem to pay attention to that, like, you know – it seems to have been in the States. Like they just kind of, you know, put their eggs in the egg box and call it a day, you know? And uh, even when you hear some of them talk and you talk to them, you know, they're not doing anything different, but you know, I don't know. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> I've been, I've been doing the same thing since I started. I, I've changed little minor things here and there, eliminated air just because I saw I was fighting myself for humidity. But otherwise, uh-huh. I've just I've, I've gone drier is all I've done. It's gone drier and drier every year because um, going back to Calibers when I was doing king snakes, the wetter those eggs were, bigger my babies were, but the worse feeders they were, they actually came out bloated and like full of moisture. When I let them dry out a little bit, they popped out and ready to see dry away. So uh-huh. um, with that mindset going for the same thing, get them dry and dry where they're not drying out, but they're still healthy. Because when you see well, the guys that internally incubate, 
their eggs dry all the way out. Right. They're all squeezed together and deflated. Mm -hmm. So, Is is there any upside to maternal incubation when it comes to these guys, or is it kind of like you get 100% hatch rate and they get 100% hatch rate, just different ways of skinning the same cat? I have no idea. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. If I uh, maybe next year if I have a female, I just don't think I can actually handle a baby. Try it with one, but um, I'm not trying to leave any egg chance at this point. Yeah. I know I can hatch them. I'm not so sure about my girls, so I'm pulling more time. I, I, I don't have to get the point of maternal incubation with any species, really. Um, yeah, you, you kind of put more stress on the female and make them sit on the eggs the whole time, and they could be back to feeding, recovering, and you, you end up. I don't know anybody that has 100% hatch rate with maternal incubation. I don't pay that much attention to it, to be honest. But I, I, what I've seen has always been, oh, I, you know, I got 20 out of 27. Okay, yeah. what could you have done with an incubator? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Actually, this year I did it with a, a quite a few carpets. I got. Uh, I usually do it with like uh, IJs, but um, I got out of the three clutches. Yeah, I got a hundred percent on all three. That's nice. But that's awesome. Yeah, I, I I haven't seen anything since like years ago when I was still on. On yeah, on the flip side of that though. That point. Right. On the flip side of that, though, I did have a coastal carpet and she, I, you know, I had her on eggs and they, they all went bad. <laughs> like they, they got dried out and it was, yeah, it was. So, you, you know, it's, it's a chance you take. I just thought it was cool to see them coming out of the, you know, the clutch. Oh, and he's anti maternal. Damn right he is. At all. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> he's in I your school. I take them eggs. Yeah, I take yeah. them eggs and. Also, I mean, I, I kind of want to talk to, you know, Jason, you do it, you do a ton of colubrid stuff. I mean, and you were, t- you said, you mentioned a little bit ago about just putting the eggs on like in a bin on a, dr- like on a shelf. Um, is that what you do with some of you, with all of your colubrids or are we talking like maybe a baby, the Spilodi eggs a little bit better? Um, I do them all, uh, on a shelf, it's just whether they're inside or outside based on the species. Um, the the Spilotes and the Phyronax seem to be a little bit cooler. Uh, only closer to 80 than they do to 85. Okay. So I just try to get them somewhere they're a little bit cooler. But otherwise, I throw them on the shelf and, and let them toast until I expect the game hatching. The blues are pretty bulletproof with the eggs really so that's awesome with them yeah i mean uh obviously with you know they're almost like a completely different you know thing especially with you working with uh things like spilotes and stuff like that i mean you know that's another species that i you really wish would were produced more readily and um you don't really see that often so i mean you got blackheads on one side and you got those guys on the other side. It's like, you know, uh, are they as difficult to get going, or do you just not even know why these things aren't more readily produ- produced? Um, in my personal situation, I got really clever and traded up to two females instead of one female. Right. 
Uh-oh. Yeah. I bought two other females that I knew were available, thinking I was super, super clever, and I was diversifying my bloodlines. And uh, tiger rats in particular do not breed well when they're older. So okay. I seem to have shot myself in the foot. I've had to go back to square one and get the younger females. Um, I, I think it's a, a matter of just getting captive, born, healthy animals. A lot of guys are dealing with wild caught, and it's just a nightmare in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see a female coming in, and they a lot of times because they so much stress on them. So I think moving forward, there's a bunch of uh, Central American tiger rats that are of age right now that. It might be just one of these explosions in babies in the next year or two where we see a few hundred of them produced in one year. Um, oh, wow. I've got Mexicans and uh, Honduran locality animals for my tiger rat, uh, and they're just so much better looking than the South American. Consistently beautiful, and the Mexicans are absolutely ridiculous. Trot-colored, yellow, orange, and white, and black, and just unbelievable. They're one of the snakes that I can post and my snake friends are like, wow, okay, that's beautiful. Creepy, but beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, that's awesome. And I, I mean, I would love to see those kinds of animals and species produced more because like you said, they're just gorgeous. And, you know, everybody's kind of blown away with just how impressive they are. Um, and uh, yeah, they they're they've been on my list for a while. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. I keep getting distracted with other pythons, but they're up there. So, <laughs> well, like I said, I go I find somebody's doing captive born animals and jump on those because it, it's yeah. immensely worth it. Just for the behavior, they're they're so much less likely to be psychos in the cage, and and trying you know feeding trials with wild caught animals are just they're they're just at the trial. They're uh, the, the entire pupping snake complex, their fight and flight uh, stances are so extreme. That when so they decide cool. to go into flight, I, I've got a captive-born female uh, yellow belly pupping snake that's over eight feet long. And if I touch her in any fashion when I'm trying to drop food into her cage, freaks out, flies around the cage, finds the opening that I'm putting the food in through, and she's out of the cage. Despite the fact I see her doing all this, I almost always catch her by the last third of her body or less. Oof. She's so fat. Oh. And just like, I'm over my shoulder and behind my head, I'm just like grabbing her tail as she's hitting my, my back. Um, and that's even worse. Wild thoughts. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, no. I mean, I, I, I noticed the same thing. I have uh, Vietnamese blue beauties that uh, I got as babies, and as babies, they were pistols, like puff up the neck, threat display, freak the hell out. And now that they're both like six, seven foot, they're they're down to it. They might get huffy and puffy, but they they get chill. And I mean, they know that they know the deal. They don't really kind of do crazy. So it's just like obviously, with more and more captive born populations, we're going to see everything kind of. I imagine start to chill out or maybe not be as an extreme of a response. I hope they don't chill out, man. That's what's cool. About okay. Right. <laughs> That's what I want. 
I just don't want to, you know, be in a pain about the feet. I, they can freak out. I'm to take the food off the tongues and, and don't harass me. <laughs> that's right. what I love about my tiger rats that I, I have a, a stack, uh, two, four stacks of uh, visions right next to each other, and I open four to six of those at a time and just start at the top and work my way down. And by the time I get to the bottom of the second row, I'll already drop another food item in the top of the, the top, the first one, because they, they swallow their food so fast. Yeah. It's just as much time as it takes me to pump them in the, the cages. I'm, I'm, I'm back to, you know, round two, round three, and I'm done. And I can feed six or eight uh, tiger rats three food items and be done in five minutes. So time-wise, there that all that, that time I would spend waiting on feed, that's gone. You know, they're they're eating so fast it's it's ridiculous. But the flip side of that is they poop a lot, but Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you plus in the minus. Do you overload like do you like you you obviously like do you feed multiple food items and then skip feed for a while? Or I mean like what is your feeding regime for these guys? For the, the tiger rats? Yeah. Um, yeah, those, uh, I give them multiple food items each week. Uh, the, my bigger stuff, the tiger rats and the yellow belly puffing snakes, the floaty sulfurous. Uh, my big females are around nine foot. Uh, they'll get a medium rat, a small rat, and a chick or two, depending on which animal it is. Or I'll give them a, a, a small rat and or a couple small rats and a few chicks. Um, and they don't seem to have any stinkier poops with chicks. I try to feed chicks yeah, absolutely everything. Yeah. So everything gets chicks just because um, the idea that we just feed rodents is just so insane to me in captivity. That's a little bit of variance, but I, I don't go any further outside. Of, I, I only feed warm-blooded prey just because I don't want to see any weird parasite transfers from cold-blooded prey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything gets mice, rats, and chicks if I can if it's size suitable for them. Mm-hmm. But they, I don't give them any time off because they're, I mean, they're a, a high-energy, high-activity, uh, nest-rating species. They just bounce from nest to nest and eat everything they can. I and think with move. those guys, you can actually feed them every couple of days and they'd be happier. Jesus. <laughs> and, and, and and is it hard to put, like, weight on these things? Or like, they, they with all that food, they still keep that slender body, right? Yeah. No, that, they're not, not get fat. Okay. <laughs> you know, they, they don't they do move, that. They're, uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they move that food through quick. I think it's like you give a python a rat, and it's going to be pooping that rat out for the next two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. And you'll see you know, something come in five days, but if you don't feed him again, he's going to poop again in a couple more days, and then a couple more days after that, he'll poop again as he just processes mm-hmm. everything through. These guys, it's two days later they're pooping, and then they poop the next day, and then the next day. And I, I think they just they flush it through the system so fast they don't have time to absorb as much nutrients as, say, a python does. So I think they're just uh, passing a lot of that, that hard-earned money I put into those feeders <laughs> into my substrate. Right through. Um, <laughs> uh, do, you, do you have them set up on any kind of bioactive substrate to kind of help out with that, or are you their sole pooper scooper? No, 
I would. I don't think I'd want the cage that has enough uh, bioactive <laughs> activity <laughs> to take, keep up with them, really. Yeah, <laughs> be bugs at that point. It would just be bugs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I could keep uh, cage roaches if I wanted to, but I try not to. They're 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 definitely a really cool species, and I'm definitely getting more and more into the colubrid stuff and away from, you know pythons which is weird for me so uh but no that's awesome i'm going to transition the other one i'm doing is the, the um bird snakes the neotropical bird snakes byronax pistolinotus they're Those gorgeous are literally the most the most variable snake on the planet and almost nobody knows about them my, my biggest problem is just educating people about them a little bit yeah and everybody I, I can grab and talk to for a few minutes I mean, I'm probably getting a third of those people coming back to buy them, which for a you know reptile show is ridiculous to get that much actual follow through on something. Yeah, um, I burned through my babies this year. I produced a crap ton of them, and I'm almost completely sold out. And <sighs> I, I don't, I don't even have my hold decks I wanted to have, but they come in every color of the rainbow. So that's that's my uh, my big tip for anybody is try to find I'm like I said I'm almost sold out. There's one other guy just produced some. He'll probably be sold out in a couple days. Mm-hmm. But they come in every color of the rainbow. They're ridiculous. They are they are gorgeous. And I saw I think I saw them at Tinley and then I think I saw them again at Daytona. And I'm pretty sure I saw them on your table at Daytona. So that that I don't know if that counts. Um but it, uh they are they are phenomenal animals and uh they're again they're definitely something again I had never heard of them until that Tinley Park show. I'm like, what the hell are these? And uh, they are very, very pretty animals. Yeah, that's just the battle. I mean, it's my my buddy Gavin Brink turned me on to them years ago, and I actually got into them because somebody, we'll just say somebody, I went down to Peru after I saw them, and I was like, hey, uh, my wife got me into a um, serpentarium down there, Mm-hmm. And when I walked in there, I asked the guy, I'm like, do you guys have any Susties, which was their old name. And he said, yeah, we have, some, we have a Susties back over here. You want to check them out? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. It'd be really cool. My friend has some, and I can always get a picture. And which, you know, Susties, I was thinking bird snakes, the little ones. And he walked yeah. me back there and pulled out this sulfurous that was like nine and a half, ten foot long male, big around as a, a water, and just puppy to obtain. And he like would puff up if you scratched his chin you'd puff up and like he enjoyed it it was just like the most bizarre awesome amazing thing i've ever seen in my life and i'm like okay i gotta get one of these when i get back to the states i got back i asked everybody and one of the big online sellers suddenly had exactly what i was asking for sulfurous from peru so i bought mm-hmm. them when they came in they were pistol notice from costa rica Awesome, but not what I wanted. <laughs> Called him up, and he's like, "Well, no, that's just, they came in as sulfurous." I'm like, "No, they didn't." But I, I put the word out to uh, um, Billy. Can't Billy's last name. He does a lot of monitors and stuff uh, in the Carolinas and Georgia. He does all the shows in the southeastern seaboard. And Billy's always got respect to everybody. I asked him if he could find me sulfurous, and through him, I, it just the word got around to all the importers. And that's how I end up with notice. So I accidentally got into them. But my buddy was, like, so excited. He's like, there's Peruvian available? Let me get some. And I'm like, I don't think they're really Peruvian. I don't even care. Let me get some, I'm going to get some more. So he called up this seller, and 
We bought what was left of them. And then we mm-hmm. bought the next, I don't know, 30 that came into the country between the two of us. Huh. And huh. out of those, we got like two that were the same color that when they matured. The rest of them are all various colors. I mean, they're wow. That's awesome. Huh. And, and no with more the, with all natural crazy. Is it that the, will the offspring kind of show the parents' colors, or is it like mom and dad can be completely different colors and then every single baby will not even come close to matching mom and dad? Yes. We, cool. We, we have no idea. I mean, we're not even on the ground floor of these. We're in the basement, is why we say to everybody. We, we don't have enough heritage on any of the lines to know what grandparents look like and if that influence is playing a role in, in the babies, with, with the exception of my buddy Gavin Brink, because he actually kept track and got photos of where his original animals came from and the babies from those animals. So he's got three generations worth of lineage. But even at that point, we're really not in direct correlation. Like a red-orange animal bred to a yellow-orange animal gives you kind of reds and yellows and oranges, and but then other colors as well. So cool. kind of, sort of. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, it's just dangerous. On the road, maybe we can we can do like you know six generations of red gray animals together. We might get a clutch of all red grays, which would be cool, but then also not cool because yeah, do a Google image search of them, and there's so many colors I haven't even seen in person yet that are, are there are photos available of them. I'm I'm just I'm in love with those things completely. Yeah, I'd rather get, I'd rather breed two and then get all the different color options because then I feel like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, okay, who are my holdbacks? Like, you know, um, I get pretty one. That's the kick in the balls, though. They're born looking the same. Oh. Ah, they all have to look the same. They, they have to look the same. They, Thing that I, Skittles got poured onto a snake. It, <laughs> it looked almost like that one stupid uh, uh, painted pastel um, uh, rattlesnake that was going around forever. But oh, the a, a, like a, Easter egg thing, right? Yeah. It said okay. like a tropical fruit Skittles bag poured onto a snake. It was real life. And then the other one was red gray and just stunningly gorgeous. I kept sending uh, John pictures of it, and he just, you know, said, "Don't, don't send any more pictures. I don't want to know." <laughs> Jesus, just don't tell me. Um, yeah. So, how long does it take for the color change again? Uh, eighteen to twenty-four months. Okay. That's why it's like a. I want to hold them all back, but then do I really want to wait that long to find out that I got all the same color? And I didn't get any variants. But I right. hold back a pair. Of, and, and just you know, bite the bullet, hope for the best. Have have there been any that you let go that you were like, son of a bitch? I wish that one had stayed here. Yeah, oh. yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, <Funny>. immediately yes. <laughs> um, Even my babies, I just sold some babies to somebody. He's taking these fantastic photos. I'm like, holy crap, I want those animals. Like, they're my animals. <laughs> I still want them. I want them back. Um, yeah. How how difficult are these things to kind of keep and 
breed are these like are the, would you compare these to the Spilotes or would you compare these to something else? They're basically the Central American version of a corn snake. They live next to human habitation and on the forest edge and raise chicken coops for eggs and just be bop around people's properties. So, like, if, if there's a, a snake identification Costa Rica group on Facebook, mm. and, like, every photo is one of these guys, they're just all up in people's houses. So they're, awesome. they're super, super easy. They're they're not they, – they can't get hot. That's, like, the only big thing. You can't keep them at 90. they got to be – they are a rainforest species. As long as they can stay out of the, the red sun, they, they skip around the shadows and – there also, I talked to somebody who, who was a burger who went down to mm. Costa Rica, and they're notorious for when they put uh, nest cams on their bird nest, they, half the time they get video of these things eating there are, are serious. That's got to suck. <laughs> like you set all this thing up, and this, one of these just comes cruising in every time. I mean, that, that yeah. as a bird researcher, I'd be pissed. So, <laughs> I was talking to a guy, though, and he's like, he, he popped up at, uh, I think, Kinley a few years ago. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. these are amazing. You know, these things that actually watch birds and then go to where they fly to. I was like, what? He says, yeah, man. He was, he was in the field watching and had a nest that he was keeping an eye on. And while he was doing that, he saw the snake pop up. He's like, oh, son of a bitch, don't go eat my eggs. And then he sat there and watched the snake's head just go back and forth as the, the parent birds flew back and forth to the nest. And then the thing went up the tree and went right out to where the nest was. I mean, a few trial and error passes on the branches. But he said it, it looked like he was visually hunting the birds and trying to see where they go. And it makes sense because their their nest is on the end of a tree branch. All of their yeah. droppings go straight down, so there's no central to fail, follow these things are actually watching. And I go in the snake room. I can sense that because they they keep an eye on you when you're in there. So that's, they're just amazing in so many ways. That is so cool. I mean, for their diet, obviously, do you feed straight up just bird to them, or do you vary it with some rodent every once in a while? Well, I feed everything with them. But they they get kind of the same deal. They get like a, a small rat, a couple mice, and a chick, or a couple chicks. Just depends on how you know, how many chicks to the tegus eight and how many I got left in the bin when I'm going through feeding everything. But they they do fine on everything. The females tend to be a little pickier, but they'll also farm fresh chicken eggs. And some guys just cut but chicken eggs. That seems a if they're fertilized, I get it because then you get nutritional change in a fertilized fertilized egg. Mm-hmm. But just a straight unfertilized egg seems a little iffy to me for a faithful diet. But yeah, um, I guess. You know, supplement it or know what you're feeding. I mean, I, I could get that. So, but well, they did um, all my females. I, I had a lady down here that had farm fresh eggs. They, they won't take store bought eggs, so I was getting mm-hmm. her farm fresh eggs, and I was going out and buying four and five dozen eggs each week and feeding them up. And all my females just pounded them. Like some that never ate eggs before, I offered them well in the breeding season. They took three eggs in one shot. I'm like, okay, I guess you guys want eggs now. <laughs> oh, someone else told me that they that's what tripped them over into getting theirs to be successful. So I bred them a few years ago, and I went like four or five years without having any success with them. Yeah. And then a crap ton of chicken eggs, and they're spitting. I got like two babies this year. Hey, so. Do you think that that's – I know we talk a lot of times on this show about 
cues that can get pythons and other animals in the whole breeding scheme, do you think that they breed kind of when the birds are laying eggs? So by feeding your guys eggs, that might have been a trigger? Uh, possibly. Okay. I don't know, because Central America, you know, equatorial rainforest, that they're going to have eggs, egg layers almost year-round. True. Which makes them a, a, a option for specialization down there. So That's all. But, I mean, it could have been that, you know, when the glut, the glut of eggs came at them, they're like, okay, we can definitely reproduce right now. There's going to be a ton of babies available for all our babies to eat. So that that yeah. could have been part of it. Okay. So for um, for babies, I mean, do you have to scent the rodents with chick down, or are they just all about whatever you're going to offer them? Uh, no, that goes back to the fight and flight with these guys. You just hold them in hand and tease feed them with a pinky, and they they just hate it, hate it, hate it, and then finally eat it. <laughs> they'll, they'll strike and chew and, and then throw it. and They're actually kind of annoying sometimes because they'll – they will literally grab it out of your hand and then just toss it to the left without chewing it all one time. The next time, they chew it four times and throw it to the right. And, I mean, they get it a few inches in either direction, so it's hard to catch them half the time. So you're, you're playing catch with your snake. <laughs> you have to go retrieve the, the, the pinky that they just chucked over there. That's great. Oh, man. So, I mean, are those the pretty much the caliber species you're working with primarily? The Spilotes, these guys, and uh, you said the uh, the um, what was the other one you said? The the puffing snake, or well, it would be the I call it the puffing snake complex. Uh, there's Firenex bacillinotus, which is a neotropical bird snake. Mm-hmm. There's Spilotes sulfurus, which is the yellow belly puffing snake, and then Spilotes pilatus, which is a tiger rat, and mm-hmm. they're they're all very similarly closely related animals and sulfurus used to be the nominate species in the, the genus Tustes with the Solenotus, and it got sunk and thrown into Pelotes. Um, that was just five, six years ago. Um, which is actually funny because I was still up in Chicago. The guy who did that work, you know, he did it with a bunch of people, but the main author on that was in Chicago and I went and talked to him and I, I I said, hey, you know what? I, I saw my tiger, my um, sulfurous breeding, and I don't know if you know tiger rats, but they'll they'll frequently lock up and then face opposite directions. So <laughs> a male will be looking right and a female will be looking left, and it's just their tails interconnected. And if you don't pay attention, you'll you'll never even know they're breeding. Like they don't look like they're breeding at all. <laughs> like they're curled all the way up on one side of the cage and curled all on the other side of the cage. Their tails are just touching in the middle, and you realize that no, that's you know a giant four inch tiger rat insemination going on there. That's but, awesome. Uh, I said, hey, you know, my, my sulfurous were, were breeding just like tiger rats. And he just kind of blinked at me like, so? <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is, your genetics follows suit with behavior. And he's like, yeah, we don't do behavior. I'm like, yeah, but... He's like, yeah, we don't do that. He's, he's a professor and just super buttoned down and no, that's uh, not. We're not concerned with behavior here. <laughs> but, but come on, it's kind of cool, you know. At least <laughs> pretend to be excited. Jesus. No, but like zero, zero interest at all. Like it wasn't even a pretense of interest. It, it was just like whatever. 
This is this is dangerous. Now I might look harder at the birds next time I see them. That's that's bad, dude. It's bad for my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I, a fun I, species. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's right up your alley, Owen. Aggressive know, right? and uh, well, not aggressive, flighty, but you know, flighty, flighty, and and big, big colubrid, and big, and yeah, full. man. <laughs> Yeah, if it bites me and chews, I'm all about it. So right. you know, come on. These guys don't bite. That's it. that's the, the 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 like the the coup de ground whole thing. I've taken in my like I brought my first sulfurous into when I was running the Junior Herb Society up in Chicago. I started up there, and you know, one of our first the first year, like third month in. We said, hey, we're going to do show and tell. And we, sh- we showed up, and all those kids were, like, really interested in reptiles, but none of them had any. Thankfully, we had, you know, the guy, the adults were going to get brought some animals in. But, you know, we're having a junior herb society meeting, and none of the kids have reptiles. And we're like, okay, what the hell do we do now? So I we took some stuff out. I said, well, who wants to hold my snake? And I just pulled out one of the, the sulfurous and handed it off to a kid. And I didn't even think about it possibly that biting them or not. But it was a wow. seven, eight-foot-long snake, and... We just happy as could be cruising around. They just don't bite in hand. It's they're so bizarre. Like they will tear you up in the cage. When you pick them up, they completely stop biting you. Huh. That's awesome. It's interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so I know I'm switching back to uh, uh, pythons, but I was looking on your. Uh, on your page, um, and you had twin blackheads pop out. Did they, how did yeah. that go? They're hanging on. Uh, they both, they both had, uh, eye issues. Uh-huh. Uh, one of them had double eyes swollen up. He still got double eyes swollen up. They've never gone down. The other one, the eye kind of goes in and out of being swollen. Um, but he's actually starting to almost feed on his own. He, he uh, he's assist feeding very well. The other one I still have to force feed completely. Um, I'm probably just going to donate that to Gatorland down here. So they can oh, use okay. an educational animal. Um, I don't like to sell stuff like that to people. And then if I give it away, then they turn around and sell it. And I'm like, I hate them forever. So I just uh, instead of holding a grudge for the rest of my life. Or a snake I hand to somebody for free, I'll just give it to a place to educate with it instead. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's cool, man. But uh, <clears throat> so you know, you were talking a little bit about like some of the directions you were going with this with some of your blackheads, but you know, ultimately, what is the ultimate goal of your projects to be? I mean, are you going for that high contrast as an adult, or you know, uh, reduced? Saddles or banding or what, or a bunch of different things. Uh, I got um, something I I was calling uh, spot back because it just it was almost a stripe, but there was the the light center still on down the back. Just a uh-huh. weird pattern mutation. Um, the same female kicked out half of her clutch each year. I bred her so far with that goofy pattern going on. I'm going to try for that. Otherwise, the the super clean animals I've produced this year, yeah. I have a female that's better than any other female I've ever had. 
that will be ready probably next season. Um, what she'll produce with my super clean tail, uh, I can't even wait to see what that's going to be like. If they get better, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> right. So, Thanks. how about my this? Is semi interested in my snakes, and she goes out there and she's like, All right, listen, you got to pick something. You can't do everything. <laughs> I know, that's the hard part, right? Um, yeah. So, if you're looking for that, I mean, have you been able to, I mean, with everything you hatched out, are you able to narrow down like a certain look that's going to, you know, be clean as an adult? Is there certain things that you look for uh, in offspring? Or Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. You, if you go to the saddles and in between the saddles, you don't see any sort of melanin creeping through between the saddles. Uh-huh. There's a really good chance that anyone's going to stay super clean as an adult. Um, okay. And my animals this year, you can really see it. So my third clutch, which was a Dick Morgan uh, offspring uh, offshoot with my Swiss line, those animals something that dirty wash between the saddles. Not they're not beautiful adults. They're just not as super clean as the ones that have it. I gotcha. So my, I really like that stunning one on the top top of my display. I had the show that's that's one and she was in shed at the uh-huh. show at Finley and she still glowed. I mean I kept looking Holy at the shit. Looks really cool <laughs> <in> shed, actually. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like, it, like that's the best looking black I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, Yeah, she's in shed. <laughs> <laughs> and it would knock that down a peg. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah she wait till she gets home. Yeah. God. Oh yeah, no. She said the day we got, I got back here. Of course, I pulled her out of the bag, and she was the, the, the skin was peeling off her nose. I'm like, you bitch, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't help yeah, me right. out at the show. You know, you have to do this right now. Thanks. Yeah. God. So I'm curious. With um, you know, a lot of people will talk about how their you know blackheads are a little bit different than other pythons. You know, what's your experience with that? I mean, do you see that as an adult? Do do you have, like, uh, behavioral things that you notice that sort of make them stand out as a python? Yeah, I mean, they're they're more closely related. uh, Let me try that again. They're more closely, activity-wise, like a a indigo or a king snake where they're kind of out and creeping around looking for something to munch on all the time, and they're just very Uh active. Um, I they don't seem to curl up and just kind of sit in the corner as much as carpets or you know other pythons even more so. But right. They're just active. They're they're out and they're freezing. They're I what I've tried to do besides babies, I tried not to keep them in drawers, which seems to reduce that psycho feed response thing that goes on with them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm hoping to buy a building so I can expand out my cages and do more glass front enclosures instead of the drawers. As my Romas have just gotten to be, since I put them in the drawers, so I kind of ran out of space with all the blackheads I held back. My uh-huh. Romas have been just a nightmare. I mean, open the drawer and six foot of pissed <laughs> off Roma trying to eat your face. <laughs> they I are know that all too well. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Mine bit a trash can the other day, and I'm like, why? (laughs) So it's, yeah. (laughs) 
they were they were in cages though. I mean, I really think the drawers. It's just every time I open the drawer, there's food. So like, okay, you want the yeah. edible? I'm gonna take your finger. Yeah. Right. <sighs> hmm. So, um, so, have you bred Womas yet? Yeah. I, I okay. am I'm far less successful with my Womas than I have kids for whatever reason. Hmm. I don't know. I, I can't tell you why. I can't, can't breed uh, just common boas either. I tried for a decade. I couldn't get a damn clutch out of a common boa, but give me a blackhead and I'm spitting things left and right. So. <laughs> We might have to get you a Bowens python. Yeah, Jesus, dude. Let's <laughs> <laughs> find you something else hard. What's that? Yeah, I, 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 I just got to bite the bullet and spend the money. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's the, only, yeah. That's the downside. <laughs> well, you're halfway there with blackheads. I mean, you know. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. That's, you know, they're they're kind of... Goes, I'm trying to kick out some morphs next year, so that gets the plan, and maybe the bone will be a lot more attainable. Right. Do you do you have a favorite blackhead morph? Like, is there one that just kind of speaks to you that you want to really work with and focus on? I I really like the the Swiss line I'm working with, man. It's not the sound like I'm trying to self promote or anything. I just I really love <laughs> the super clean animals. Yeah, I I just bought the um, a pair of animals that are supposed to be had for albino and another pair that's supposed to be had for exantic, and I'm gonna try them. But I like the a, a nice quality normal bucket the most. Um, yeah, that change once yeah. Put, you know, morph in hands. <laughs> I think maybe never buy it. Right, I think that. Um... You know the albino blackhead is cool. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, and it's probably one of the things. Maybe if I see it in person, I'll be like, "Well, oh, holy hell, it's amazing" or yeah, whatever. But yeah. I kind of like the whole. I, I, I mean, I like that. I like the two different types. I like that sort of what you're working with, Jason, and then I like that Western look. Yeah, you know, the clean that real yeah. like uh, real clean. Yeah, I guess almost white. Sort of instead of the yellow in the in the banding, you know. Yeah. Um, I think they're cool too. Yeah, I'm kind of like but, working with the opposite end of that with the, the Swiss line I have is just that super clean yellow, and then the super clean crisp black and white is just another great right. looking animal. Right. I, it, I'm with you. I I, I agree. Um, the opportunity that was thrown in my face was too good to pass up, and I had to jump on. Oh it, hell but, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get I mean, me wrong. Yeah. I'm not. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not knocking I'd it at all. I do that too. But... <laughs> right. I wouldn't know what I'm doing, but yeah. I mean, I think I'd have right. to. <laughs> yeah. wow. I I agree with you though. I, I, a classic black is just so hard to beat, man. Especially when they're clean. Whether it's any clean, crisp animal in the blackhead world is just whatever style it looks like is just awesome. When they get yeah. the dirty wash, I'm not a fan of that, no matter if it's a morph or not. Right. I far, far prefer just a nice, crisp, clean animal. And then if it's exantic or albino or whatever, even better. But crisp, clean animal is what, what really gets me going with these things, and that's what I love about the Swiss animals. And 
I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to keep some back, and my wife keeps telling me, you know, that you've got enough. I'm trying to buy a, a big shed, and she's just like, the more animals you sell, the more you can put down that shed and get your animals the hell out of my house, out of the garage. <laughs> right. <laughs> going to become a building at one point just going to have to just clear out and get a you know a trailer in the back of the in the backyard or something but you know there's I'm trying um, to be two separate storage sheds one for colubes one for pythons and then ultimate goal is three side by side seven foot cages for each three of the black heads i'm breeding or i can pull a door out just open oh yeah and let your feet i think that would be amazing that's my goal in my head and where i'm going to shoot We'll see where I get to. Make it as easy as possible, yeah. <sighs> yeah, That's I'm, awesome. I'm uh I'm I'm just cruising through just so people so if the listeners are listening and they want to check out what Jason's got going on, go to Snakes Unlimited dash Jason Hood. Um and you can see some of the cool species that he's working with. But I'm looking at this one in particular, it's like really, really reduced, really thin bands. It's just you know, um, I don't know if, if you're near, I can send you the picture of it, but holy shit, is this, I'm going to put it in our chat, but I'm also going to send it to you so you can see what I'm talking about. Um, just amazing. And I think I see what you were talking about with that sort of zipper back. I don't know what you would call it, but you were saying like, kind of like striping kind of thing, but holy shit. spotted. Yeah, that is. Oh, no, no, this is just. That's just one of my nice Swiss animals. And the oh. other one you sent over is. Uh, <laughs> that's not. Even, no, it, it's a couple. 2016. If you saw my 2016 production is when I had the really uh, crazy one. That's uh, male ten, and that's like one of the ones I'm trying to hold back. My wife keeps telling me I got to sell it. But uh, it, I agree but with you. But it's pretty. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, oh my god! I agree. Gonna... I want to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need oh, to convince man. me, guys. It's like okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Let's not bring attention to that one, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. tell people it's for sale. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, at the end of the day, to sell that and then be able to provide bigger. I think are better for the animals. It, that's definitely worth it. That's kind of my main goal at this point. I'm a little personal zoo where I do everything how I want to do it. Because right now I'm using uh, a mishmash of every cage ever ever made. Uh, somebody said they were a snake cage builder, and right. there's things I like about all of them and things I want to change. And I just want to kind of design my own cages and set them up, not for sale or anything, just to do what I want for each particular species, how I want to do it. Right. So yeah. do that. I need the space and yeah, we'll see. It's a damn. So do you, yeah. So with, uh, do you have to worry about any type of, uh, you know, with these guys roaming around all the time, do you worry about height with their cages at all? Or just it's more the length. Um, I, 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 I got six divisions is what they're in. They only mm-hmm. get that, was it 18 inches or whatever? Uh, okay. That said, the guys at, um, what was it, Toledo Zoo, 
has theirs in like a four wide, six foot tall enclosure, uh-huh. and all the the their bolt cages up at the, the top of the cage. It was completely arboreal the whole time. I was checking it out. So it's yeah. definitely something to consider going forward. That's cool. Yeah, there was a there was a there was an episode of uh, you know the Croc Hunter, and you know they were looking at blackheads, and they found them in the tree. You know, so that's yeah. that's kind of why I asked that. You know, uh, huh? That's cool. Well, a lot of those animals got dropped into the tree right before Croc Hunter found them. But... <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That, let's <laughs> that's be true. honest. Now <laughs> they threw yeah, it up there. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot Noisy. about that point. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the yeah. gorgeous has, has right. no blemishes on it at all. It looks right. like it's been very well taken care of. Yeah, you know, uh, I got it. <laughs> point taken. Point taken. That's why he ran like hell chasing down those galanas. He didn't want to lose his damn animal. Back to the zoo at the end of this. Right. Oh crap! <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, Eric, people aren't going to be dropping animals for you to find in Australia. You know that, right? You have to go actually uh, find them. Yeah, that's not going to work gonna like easy. that. I know, right? I'm sorry, oh, buddy. Man. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Son of a bitch. Um, so you, you don't have somebody offering to show you their collection and take you out and all that stuff yet? Oh yeah, we got a couple of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're keeping that low key till we get back. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, if I see a blackhead in the wild, man, that's just going to be insane. You know, uh, holy shit! Oh wait, here we go. That will be awesome. That's... Ah, I sorry. I'm sending them photos. I'm sending them photos on the side here. And... Oh, okay. Nah, no yeah, them. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. Thing. Yeah, it's like that little, and then that it's other one is super shot, dark. But it just didn't fit together. Mm. Yeah, that, uh, that, those were the same thing two years apart, or one year apart, rather. Oh, so okay. The, the smaller one's a female, the bigger one's a male. So I got it backwards, but I got a pair of them, so I can throw them together in a few years and see what comes out of them. So, huh. Yeah, I got weird little things like that where something weird pops out, but it happens again. I'm like, all right, I need to breed those together. So I got these couple little projects here and there that I just got to squeeze into the rest of the breedings. But I can, like I said, I have to pick and choose what I'm going to produce because I really can't. I don't want to let, let the uh, baby suffer from me not having enough energy or time to follow them. Right. And I also don't want to live in my snake room either because they do take time. Right. So... Yeah, hopefully I, wow. I can get that together. If not, I can talk with somebody who's successful and see if they come up with something really cool. Yeah. For that sure. really cool. Yeah. So what's the age that you, you shoot for with breeding these guys? Like uh, three years, four years? My 2009 animals didn't breed until 2016. Um, 16 animals are going to breed in 2019. Uh, or 2020, rather. Um, so like... Oh. Three okay. and a half, four years old. It just depends when the female starts feeding. Um, it doesn't seem to matter nearly as much as long as they're over five foot, they're going to go. But the females, uh, I want to see them six and a half to seven foot. And they, they go long and lean as they're growing. 
And once they reach everything else, humans included, I was tall and skinny, and now I'm tall and not so skinny. I mean, they they start to bulk up a little bit, and you see it. And that's what I look for is that little bit of bulking up you see them go into. Um, Everything needs a little bit of body fat to be able to reproduce. Sure. So if they don't have that, they're they're not going to do well. So I, I try to at least let them get old enough to where I see that bulking hap- bulking happen. Gotcha. Amazing female on the breed last year. She was every bit of six and a half foot, but she just was still just a string. So I gave until this year, and she didn't bulk up that much, but she's definitely at enough weight on where I could consider trying her this season. Uh-huh. So it's, it's a combination of age, to, also because of how it, if they start feeding first feeding, the growth rate is exponentially greater than if I don't get them feeding until month three. Okay. I mean, it just asks just how much more faster they grow and they don't have the stress of me grabbing them and manhandling them every week. So when right. you remove that stress, they go straight to growth and also it just, I might not feel like trying to get more than one food item down their throat, but if they're feeding, I might throw them three or four. So a good a good feeder starting young could probably get there in three years, but I'd still probably push to four years. So right. you know, it starts slow, you might have to wait six years. But I did the other thing I changed up this year is I did start feeding strongly. Um, I, I previously because of what I heard online, I. And the food I gave them and slow to grow them up and all that. All that does is help out the guys already breeding them. I mean, the snakes didn't seem to find anything special about that other than it took them longer to reach maturity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the guys who are already breeding them, myself included, were, were grateful for another year without one more person trying to breed their babies. Mm-hmm. So, this. That's why I said the, the 2016 females, they started going, and they're, my 2016s are bigger than my 2014s that I've held back because just the different style of feeding I've done with them. Hmm. Obesity is a consideration of these things until they're in that 10 or 7 foot range, unless you're obnoxious and you pound the hell out of them with food. But if you're feeding them like a regular, normal snake keeper feeds the animals and they're not going to become obese. Right. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Is there any other like, uh, misconceptions that you hear about these guys, you know, uh, with, with people at reptile shows asking questions about them or anything else that people get messed up when it comes to blackheads? Um, the diet thing, I think, is a big thing. A lot of people have that misconception. And the, the more animals I brought in this year, the guys were feeding super light. And 2012 animals hadn't bred yet, and mm-hmm. they were barely going to be big enough to go this year as it is with me feeding them much heavier. Um, mm-hmm. I think that plays such a huge role. Um, I don't know. Feeding them small rats as adults just doesn't make sense to me. There's I'm feeding bigger stuff to colubers that are half the girth of them. I give them a, a medium to large rat a week, and and they do great. So they're not. I don't see anything obese. Um, but I also give them a big cage, and I give them a nice hot spot so they can cook it off. 
Right. And, and they can move it. Start with all those yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, when I have time, which is not something I've had since right before Finley, um, I didn't slam, but when I have time, I try to get them outside and let them fall around the yard a little bit. I just right. let them leave That's my good. dogs and leave some scent trails behind. <laughs> give them something to give them something to chase. Yeah, I got you. Right. Yeah. Uh, now there's cool. one of my profile pictures. If you look at it, it's my dog just sitting on the side of my my hole I dug in my backyard. That was supposed to be a pond three years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a pond. Still a hole. <laughs> okay. I, I, still a hole, but it was, yeah. it was for throwing the snakes in. I can keep an eye on. There's nowhere they can go. I, there's no trees. There's nothing they can get into. It's just a damn hole. And my blackhead went into the corner of the hole. And my, my English staff came and stood right on top of it and watched it. And she got bored, and she just, like, laid down on top of the hole right above where the snake was. And just she'd look down every once in a while. So I snapped a photo of it. And I was like, oh, your dog's so beautiful. I'm like, yeah, no one knows you're a snake. The snake's right there. Like, there's seven foot long pipe off. Of course not. Right. God. That's yeah. cool. And one person did notice it. You know, just your dog's going to die. Like, no. Yeah, no. You, well, I'm I'm surprised people weren't getting on your case about the uh, animal, like the dog being close to the snake. Like, oh, is it is it dangerous? Kind of a deal. So. Yeah, uh, I, I expect yeah. that. I, I want to do um, feeding videos for how what I'm doing for uh, you know horse feeding and and yeah. feeding and everything. Really, it's it's kind of hard to explain exactly what I'm doing. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's just the the headache of some feet and not grab it and you're like, oh, he's jamming a fuzzy down his throat and metal tools in my arm. Yeah, yeah, I imagine somebody might get a little, I don't know, I, whatever. But that's what you got to do. I mean, obviously, you're, it's working. You're having very good success with these things, so... Whatever. Uh, it's, I want to do it, and I want to get the video. You don't need the headache of investigations and fish and wildlife right. police and whoever else. Right. You know, I want to open that book, you know. And I just don't need to do, it, I get crazy when I see people posting stuff online. It just is horrible for the hobby. Like whether or not right. it's okay for us in the hobby to know about, it looks that <laughs> the optics are terrible. Don't yeah. tell other people. No. Yeah. I'm like, why? I don't want to be that guy. So I just want to do it the right way. I just got to figure it out. But I do want like um, my buddy Matt Jablonski, I try to explain to what I'm doing, and he tries to do what I'm saying, but he's not getting something. I actually still have problems with getting his babies going. I get you a video, and I'm like, eh. I, I, I right. send to him directly, but I, I want to do one where I can post it online to everybody else, too. So, like, right. I want to hear I think the, the biggest knock on these things is that they're difficult. And one difficulty to me is really the babies. And then some of the guys in California, there's uh, Todd Crabridge had his feet coming out the egg. Like, I, I asked him, like, what are, you, what are you doing to get your baby feeding? He's like, like, I give him a fuzzy. I'm like, yeah, but then what? He's like, I, I put it in the cage. They eat it. Uh, yeah. like, they eat it. 
like, yeah. <laughs> looking like I'm an idiot. And I'm like, no, dude, come on, there's got to be something. He's like, no, just eat. I'm like, well, why aren't you saying that? Like, that should be like your advertising. <laughs> like, I eat out of the egg. I didn't know that. Right. I would have bought animals yeah. from him. I would have paid a double for that, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can advertise with no problem. I, I mean, Jason, you becoming like a lot of times with some of the species that can be labeled difficult, you have like that one guy that everybody tries to get all their stuff from. Are you kind of becoming that guy? Like at Tinley Park, is everybody kind of attaching you with blackheads? Uh, I think I'm just happy to be the one of the handful of guys producing this year. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't. Know, I, I think if uh, I had some more marketing style and, and try to put clever names on my animals and name them something, I'd probably get further than just producing beautiful animals. But I just produce beautiful animals and and let them sell themselves. So I don't. I don't worry that much about that end of it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like some guys that that's their entire thing is to have a gimmick and to be the, to be the guy and. You have to get my animals mm-hmm. or, my, or your animals aren't going to do well. Eh, I produce beautiful animals. Do you want beautiful animals? Come talk to me. You, know, you want to call them right. something special? Great. I, I, I have one of my friends that says, you need to come up with some special line names for my animals. So I, I'm just not that clever. <laughs> <laughs> you got to gotta give me I, a I could never point. be a ball python breeder. <laughs> I couldn't do ball python. Right. Well, some, some of those morph names... Are just well, there's plenty of those. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a soul let's, sucker. Let's roll real quickly, what idiot decided to name ball python names of existing species that are already out there, like Woma or Blackhead? Like, why is people calling me asking me if, they, if I have any Womas? I say, yes, here you go. And they go, no, I want a ball python. I hate that. I don't want that. I hate that. Do you have any blackheads? Yes, I have beautiful. Here you go. No, I wanted a blackheaded ball python. That's just a ball python. Yeah, that call it that. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, that's. If I, if I, I never even thought I of that. Cre- they took both of those names, Woman yeah. and Blackhead. Damn it! If I ever create uh, a new morph yeah, of carpet python, I'm going to call it the crested gecko. This way, everybody has to be like, do you have a crested gecko? <laughs> Why, yes, here it is. And you're just like an eight-foot yeah. coastal. It's like, no, like, I want a crested. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Screw this. I'm going to do that. <laughs> so what was the... Yeah, you Yeah, do that. What was the interest like at Tinley? You know, when you were there, as far as the blackheads go, did you see a lot of people like saying, well, "What is that thing?" Or it's not as bad. It's like the repticons. I just I can walk over and look at my table and they say, "Are these pythons?" Yeah. Why are they look so different than those pythons? And it's like the, the wave of all the bubble pythons. It's like, There's more than one species of python. <laughs> but certainly, you get such a huge crowd, and a lot of them are fairly well educated, and the rest are right. just so overwhelmed they don't even have to ask the question. So it's kind of good on both sides. But right. um, I, I, I sell a pair there, but I, I rarely ever. I, I think I've sold a total of six, or possibly, I'll give myself the benefit of the doubt and say eight blackheads since 2009 at a show. Okay. I think it's only six. Yeah. Um, 
they just don't move at a show. People are dumb and walk through and they say, this is the most amazing animal I've ever seen. I want it. I'm going to go buy that and ball pipe. Um, I can get it every single show. Despite that, I'm never going to see you in these blackheads again. Like, great plan. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's very frustrating. I imagine, do you find, do people who maybe have run into you at a show contact you later and purchase it privately? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I, That's I definitely right. of All of my blackheads because of shows. Okay. Um, but I've, I've never sold them at this show with the exception of a, a handful of, like, six. Animals. Okay. Like, right. A couple hundred produce. It's the, they, they don't, people don't walk around with that kind of money. Um, right. And they rarely, even, yeah, none of the, maybe I'll take the credit cards, people still just don't, they don't want to make that leap. They want to think about it and mull it over. And then, yeah, in a, a week or two later, or, or usually right about, Right when, when shipping starts to shut down, be like, hey, I really want to get a blackhead from you. I saw you at Tinley and uh like, yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll ship it to you in April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You yeah. can get it at the show. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's that 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 is coming very quickly. My favorite is it's the week before Christmas. I'm gonna buy the snake and ship it to me. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, no. <laughs> so aye, aye, aye. Uh, but yeah. I have somebody messaging you right now. I'm supposed to be shipping either tomorrow or next week, and then we both just realized next week Thanksgiving. And, oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's not yeah. good. No, you gotta if you're gonna do it, it's gotta go Monday, and you know even then that's gonna be dicey. So, Jesus. So um, one thing I did notice, and I'm curious if uh, if this plays throughout. Like usually when you see gravid blackheads, they're usually inverted. Basking belly up, mm-hmm. is that is that a normal thing for blackheads? Yeah, it's a terrifying thing every single <laughs> freaking time. You see. think it's dead, right? You're like, oh no! <laughs> oh, uh, nine years, nine years in a row, I've gone out there and just about crapped my pants <laughs> at least once a season, if not multiple times. Oh, and it's, it's always the, the female. I, I'm just like. This is the best female. Like, this is the number one female this year. And I'll walk out and she's flat on her back. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> and they, don't, they don't do anything. You have to reach in and, like, open the cage and poke them and just freak them the hell out. Right. It's like, well, you freak me out. It's your turn. So, so they won't even, like, they'll just stay inverted. Reg- like, even if, like, you move around them, you actually, like, physically have to, like, touch them to get them to knock it the hell off? Yeah. Yeah, no. Like, Jesus. It's. it's <laughs> like my stomach hits the floor and it's like, come on, please be alive. Please be alive. Oh, please be alive. Wow. Oh, you're freaking out. Now you're freaking out. Okay. <laughs> and then at that point, the door's open. They go shooting out the door and you catch them by like their belly full of eggs and you're like, am I killing something? And you got to like kind of collapse the right. ground with them in your hand so you don't hurt them. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a scene every year. Oh uh, my God. Worth the uh, complete Stress and insanity of it all. <laughs> yeah, that with the Walmas too. It's just it, it's insane. You see them. I don't know what to do with it. I've often wondered why they do that. Like, uh, you know, why them in particular? 
that species or the, that genus does that. I mean, some carpets do it, but yeah, but they don't I've go never full invert. Yeah. I mean, no, no, I've, like that, I've seen I mean, you see it all yeah. the time with them, yeah. So yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple coils turned up, but I've never seen like laying on their spine from like neck to tail. I mean, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Once in a while, just to add, <laughs> add to the effect. Really? Like that's just oh, not no. fair. Yeah. So <laughs> too? That oh, is man. that is that is cruel because that's yeah. the first thing you look for is if its mouth yeah. is wide open. Now you know it's problems. Yeah. God, not wide open, but cracked just a little bit. Like they're laying. So it's still that yeah. position. Just as bad. Just as open, enough to like, make you shit your pants. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Jackasses. Oh man. <sighs> Yeah, I'm, I'm never reading blackheads. I don't have the constitution for it, so you know. I can't wait to get them, man. I, I had I had one before, and yeah, I can't wait to get them again, man. It's just, just a matter of time, but it's all sure. Buddy. They're, I'll t- I'll, they're I'll take awesome. Awesome snakes, awesome snakes. <sighs> so, if somebody wants to check out what you got going on, Jason, what? How can they get in touch with you? What What do you where Where can they get you? I'm on Facebook only. I'm, I'm an old man, apparently. <laughs> you guys, you guys ventured off to Instagram. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm contemplating it. I just, the time, I just don't, like, I, I know it's not going to take that much extra time, but just the time to learn it. Just like, I'm like <laughs> here's the thing. I'm going to tell you, I, I fought it too. I'm telling you what. You know how, like, you're probably like me. I'm kind of an old man, too. But, like, I don't want to be bothered with people's bullshit. I don't want to see their political views. I don't want to see people fight. Instagram is snake pictures. That's it. There's no – oh, it's it's great. I really do love it. And you can hook it up. So when you post a pic to, to Instagram, it automatically will post to your Facebook page. And you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Like some eighteen-year-old kid giving me a dissertation on Instagram this week. <laughs> oh, we did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought they were going to say he gave it to you on Facebook. <laughs> no, like I was. Yeah, he gave another one on Facebook as well too. But yeah, he, right. he had come in looking in for the um, my sul- the Solidi Sulfurus, the yellow blade poppers. Um, uh-huh. He had thought my name, and he knew I was going to be there. And he knew my animals from Instagram from someone else posting them there. Right, and uh, I started talking to him, and he, and he obviously just known my animals, knew this, you know. And so essentially, you're on Facebook. He says, "No, I'm on Instagram." And then when he explained to me that he had seen my photos shared by somebody else over there, I'm like, "Okay, so um, are, do you have a Facebook?" Like, yeah, but I haven't been on there in like six years, and uh, I'm like, I don't know how to communicate with you, man. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you need the Instagram account. If you uh, the rest of the world, man. I asked him if he's on. Uh, I said I haven't seen you on Facebook. I, you're, my my niece decided to open a Facebook account, but if he doesn't have one, it's like um, it's just so lame. Right. You are. My mom is. I'm like, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nice. Okay, so so it would be the uh, you know what was it Snakes again? Unlimited, Snakes Unlimited. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, what about it? Jason email. Uh, email or should they just message you? 
Okay. Either way. Cool. All right. And I, awesome. I have a horrible web page I haven't updated in two or three or four years, you know, five years. Right. Yeah, well, most so, people do it on Facebook yeah. now anyway, so, you know. Yeah, true. Yeah, my wife just got me page and got everything rolling for me right as I started doing the Facebook a lot more heavily. And it's like, hey, this is like six steps less. <laughs> yeah, right. Lazy. Right. Yeah, cool. All right, well, yeah, I gotta, I gotta uh, cut out, uh, and we're gonna cut off anyway in a couple minutes because I gotta go pick my wife up from the airport. But uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Guys. We'll have to catch you up have with some you. Awesome, uh, awesome animals, man. Catch up with you the next Tinley Park with uh, uh, all the blackheads, and uh, you can tempt me with the uh, bird snakes. I mean, we'll just, we'll, I'll do that. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. I got to figure out when they're going to open booking for next fall show, so I can try to get cables before they're sold out again. This, yeah. that's, that's, this year, Tinley, I walked in there and I was splitting the table with two other people, and I had a foot and a half of space. And the guy walked in next to the table next to us and made a comment about our stuff on his table. Do we want to buy it? And he didn't say it to me. He said to one of the guys I was splitting the table with, I'm like. But was was he serious or was he pissed all the crap was on his table? So it was like Friday during setup. Like, yeah. I don't know. He might have been serious. So I messaged him and he was serious. I'm like, hey, hell yeah, here you go. I just throw <laughs> money at him. He had like two and him three hundred. Wow. Oh, weird. Yeah. We had the same thing. My own table. Yeah, there was a per- there was a there was a person next to me and Jason, and they were there for Saturday, and at the end of the show, they're like if you want to take over this table, we're leaving. And wow. we were like, okay. <laughs> but we didn't take it over, but we were yeah. just like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> Why would you leave but, halfway through, but whatever? Yeah, I don't know, man. The guys next to me did the same thing. They had some something to get to with their real life, and they were like, hey, it's a reptile shelf. We got real life right. problems to take care of. So the people on the other side of them took over their other table. So the guy made out for he made all his table costs back. I paid him three, and that guy paid him, I think, two hundred for just Sunday. So he made five hundred bucks just on table fees, which is Go I think figure. the the real the real gimmick for uh, this year's Finley is I'm just gonna buy as many tables as I can and then I'll offer a profit. <laughs> <laughs> Smart plan. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, right. Jesus. Oh, oh God. Awesome. I shouldn't joke about that. Somebody's actual money's gonna. Yes. <laughs> yeah, someone's gonna do this. Yeah, that's. This We're all bad. gonna be no. paying some guy somewhere, you know. Yeah. Let's like, no, no, no. Do not. If you are listening and can do this, please don't. So, yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. All right, I man. appreciate you having me on. That was it was fun. And uh, yeah, definitely yeah. look up to me next time you guys are at a show and say hi. Just yeah. Sneak by. Yeah. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, you have a good night, all right? All right. Thanks so much, all right. Good. Yeah, you too. Very cool, man. Good yeah. good show to do right before, uh, you know, the Aussie trip. And, uh, you know, I, I let you geek out a little bit with your colubrids in the middle there. Don't, I, I don't saw how throw you, me a bone. I saw how you don't, snuck in there. Don't do this. 
don't don't be like, look, I let you speak Collybridge, so now you can't get mad that I'm going to no, Australia man. without you. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what. Um, no. You would have been in heaven, man, if you would have saw some of the stuff that was on his table. You know, I mean, I talked about it when we came I'm, back from Tinley, but holy shit, man. Some of I those colubrids that I, he has are just freaking I saw crap. his table at Daytona, but I guess he didn't have as many. But, dude, I mean, yeah. I saw those bird snakes at Tinley when I went in March, and they're gorgeous. Like he said, like somebody just attacked a snake with fruity pebbles. Like, that's what it looks <laughs> like. <laughs> so, uh very on that cool. note. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I, we can't do anything else to top it other than uh, no, make it that, by that we end now. Yeah, the showdown. Very good. So next week, um, yeah, next week it's just me and you. Um, yeah, you know, I'm sure we'll have some topics. You can't yeah, book because, a guest. You have to. Uh, you have to start packing and thinking. Well, yeah, I got. I got a pack, and next week is Thanksgiving, so right. obviously that's a huge it's, time for me hey, and my job. It's not like you work in a grocery stuff. store. It's like, oh, wait, yeah. that's right, you do. So, yeah, yeah, so next week it's just you and me. The week yeah, after that right. is the Bread Lie Roundtable. Yes. And the week that's after be that, cool. the week after that, we are on a <laughs> hiatus for one episode. Right. Yes. All right. Then you come back from Australia, and I stop crying into my cereal, and then we have a show after that one. So, right. Okay. And then and then there's the holiday show, and then that's it. Oh my god! And we're done for the year. Yeah. So close. So, yep. My father got mad at me that I didn't tell him that we were doing the anniversary show, so I have to tell him that the holiday <laughs> show is coming up. So. Oh really? Yeah. So the so the one thing that we're going to try to do when we're in Australia. No, nah, I'm not going to say it. I'll just I'll make yeah, it. Yeah, don't say it. Don't. I already told you. It. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Don't. Yeah, don't leave. Don't don't tell them. They don't need to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. All right. Eric so is going us. to try to sneak back in Bricada. He's going to try to shut steal the hell them. up, man. Don't if say If you that. are, what are you doing? if you are the authorities a, of Australia, arrest this man. So, all right. You're a fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the strip shirts, boys. So yeah. Very good. Well, I, I won't have anything, so it don't matter. Yeah, I know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Um oh, now I don't even know what I'm gonna say. Oh, so <laughs> so as far as the calendar, Casey will be back. Um, I think he comes back sometimes next week and then I got to get him together. I got most of the, uh, everybody has pretty much emailed me pics, uh, if they have a better, you know, uh, resolution, high resolution of the pick. Um, right. I I will, uh, try to get to, there's probably a couple people that I still have to get in touch with. uh, and I'll try to seal that up this week. If you're interested in getting a copy of the calendar, uh, we are doing pre-orders. You can send uh, me PayPal. Um, it's fifteen dollars shipped in the U.S., twenty dollars shipped outside of the U.S., and it's Burke Phila B U R K E P H I L A at Gmail dot com. Just be sure to include your name, your real name, so I know who you are, uh, because you know, obviously, Three my names. name is not yeah. Burke Phila. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, be sure to include your address and. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, if you want to, uh, and we're, I think I'm going to order 
about a hundred of them. So, you know, okay. uh, we're trying to squeeze them out as soon as, uh, as I get in touch with him, uh, we'll get them done. He, pretty fast turnaround time last time. And then yeah. we'll get them right out to you guys. Uh, and we'll have them to you by the new year. Um, well, new year. Yep. So if you're interested in that and you want to get, make sure you get one, uh, you know, pre-order, blah, blah, blah. Um, and as far as, um, for us, moreliapythonradio.com, and the email is info at moreliapythonradio.com. Um, and for some reason, I thought that that, so there's a way that you can hook up your, that email to your, to go to your Gmail. And for some reason, okay. the, it, the Morelia Python radio one is not going to my Gmail. So I, I got to figure out how to do that. So uh, okay. I've had, I went there the other day to look and there were some emails there and I was like, Oh shit, look at that. Crap. I, I, Okay. All right. So, uh, as far as myself, uh, is, uh, ebmorelia.com. My email is eric at ebmorelia.com. I'm pretty much not, I'm done shipping for the year. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to grow up what I got. Um, Mm. but if you're interested in something and you want to do a payment plan or something like that, just give me a, shoot me a message and, uh, we'll see what we can work out and get it shipped out by the spring. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll make a, a visitation at some kind of reptile show locally or something like that. My God. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I uh, <clears throat> I have a table at the Oak Show in February if you want oh, to you come down. There you go. So, yeah, you know, it'll be one of those, I'll, I'll, I'll try to put us next to Port City Pythons this time so we can just annoy them the entire time. So, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um, so, yeah. yeah, that's all I got. Well, um, dude, I mean, like, I, I'm kind of right there with you with shipment. I think I have one more that needs to go out that I'm going to send out next week. But you do know that we're supposed to get, like, wintry mix and snow on Thursday, right? I saw that. And I wasn't yeah. sure if that was real or not. Yeah. <laughs> I was what? It's not you, that, you know, I don't know. It's just weird. I looked at my phone and I'm like, is that snowflake I see? <laughs> like yeah. that, so, that can't be um, right. I'm probably gonna pair up uh, on Thursday just to see I'm gonna try to capitalize on that. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, uh right. best of luck. This, we'll talk about it this, next week. We will. Um this <laughs> will probably be um, this week, as well as, uh, I think next week before Thanksgiving, probably until about Wednesday will be when I will shut down shipping as well, depending on, you know, if it's 70 degrees around Christmas time again, I may reopen it. <laughs> so, um, but for right now, <laughs> uh, we're, we're kind of getting there. Uh, so obviously there's animals all over the website, uh, which is up to date for the for sale page, as well as the Facebook uh, Rogue Reptiles on Facebook. You can also go follow me on Instagram, which is my last name, uh, McIntyre, M-C-I-N-T-Y-R-E-O-J. Uh, you can message me through there as uh, well. Um, and uh, for babies right now, dude, I have uh, I have bread lye, caramels, coastals, head exanic stuff, and then I have two uh, uh, pure Papuan pythons, 100% head granite uh males right now so um they're ready to roll too Mm. yeah (laughs) i know it's so weird um so (laughs) i mean that's it uh that's uh, that's all we and then of course like i said 
uh, I will be vending the February 2nd Oaks show, and that's the first show uh, that I'll be doing in 2019. So that is all that we have for everybody this episode. We'll say thank you all for listening, and we're going to catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. <laughs>